Hello and welcome to Sapphic World, the podcast. This is episode 23. The week is 26th of January through the 2nd of February. And I'm your host, Dee Perkins. This episode is a quickie. There's no guest this week. It's just me hitting you with a, a shortened version of my weekly raw rundown of current events and other sapphic-centric news and dropping some black herstory gems along the way. Stay put. There are so many notable black LGBTQ women in history. And even though I don't know them all and can't possibly list or mention them all, I will include some black history info all month. Might even drop a special bonus episode. So, yeah, be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening right now. And did you know that we are now on YouTube? Yeah. Just a couple of episodes are there uh, and this one, but um, we're in the process of putting the back episodes up as well. So definitely check that out. Subscribe, comment, like, share, all that. Uh, the videos are not your usual sit and watch someone in a, you know, on a mic for an hour. So we hope you'll like it. Please, please, please check us out. Sapphic World on YouTube. <laughs> Before I get deep into the headlines, I want to bring attention to this massacre occurring throughout the U.S. uh, and the world, really. But here it's particularly out of hand. Black transgender people are being killed brutally, intentionally, in hate-filled crimes at alarming rates. Regardless of your opinion on transgender people, they are humans. And they do not deserve to be gunned down simply for existing. 2020 was full of these stories and they are continuing well into 2021. Just to give you an idea of how bad it is, LGBTQNation.com reports that Puerto Rican Governor uh, Pedro Pierluisi has declared a state of emergency as transgender people continue to be murdered on the island. Attacks on transgender Americans rose at an alarming rate in 2020, both on the mainland and in the U.S. territory. The violence has continued throughout the first weeks of 2021. Uh, Peter Luisi, uh, the Puerto Rican governor, uh, says, uh, quote, gender violence is a social evil based on ignorance and attitudes that cannot have space or tolerance in the Puerto Rico that we aspire to. For too long, vulnerable victims have suffered the consequences of systemic machismo, inequality, discrimination, lack of education, lack of guidance, and above all, lack of action. It is my duty and my commitment as governor to establish a stop to gender violence. And for these purposes, I have declared a state of emergency. End quote. <sighs> you see, it's bad. Like, and I just don't get this is just not OK. Like, when is it OK? <sighs> like, thou shalt not kill. If we're going to get like on religion and sins and what's right and what's wrong, let's just let's focus on those seven deadly ones. Because transgender, gay, none of that's in those. None of that. None of it is in there. 
But I guarantee you half the shit that people do that throw all these stones are probably could check off most of them sins on a daily. And like I said, thou shalt not kill. Anyway, so just last week, uh, Mississippi activist Dominique Johnson, uh, Jackson, uh, who is not to be confused with uh, actress, uh, the actress of, um, of uh, on Pose and uh, American Gods fame, um, but uh, this Dominique Jackson of Mississippi, the activist, was driving their car when they were shot and then crashed on January 25th and, of course, died. Uh, she was already the third known violent death of a transgender or gender nonconforming person in the year uh, 2021. PGH lesbian correspondence uh, reports that she is the second black trans woman reported uh, to meet a violent death this year. Uh, another uh, woman, Bianca Banks, uh, was the fourth known transgender nonconforming person to be killed and the third black trans woman. Uh, Banks was also uh, known as Muffin, um, and she had just moved into a, a new home near the Bankhead area, uh, which is like a an area in like northwest Atlanta. Um, Anyway, so reports say that multiple gunshots were heard on on Sunday, the 17th of January, and that the responding police officers found Banks dead along with another man. Um, I don't know. Friends are saying that, quote, her life was taken by a man in her home who ultimately took his own life, end quote. Um, So uh, apparently it was a murder-suicide. And we see that a lot as well. You know, I wasn't there, and I don't know either of of those people and I don't know a lot of people in this situation but I have heard stories from transgender people I have heard people tell me their experiences uh with different things and a lot of times they are sex workers uh because employment is difficult for them to to get um as themselves because obviously our society is uh not the most tolerant uh of people collectively and so um, life can be difficult for them just to, you know, make ends meet, make, you know, to earn income. And so they become sex workers. And I won't say, you know, often or a lot or most because I don't know the numbers to that. But I do know that it does happen. And again, I know this from people telling me their experiences. Um, and um, a, a lot of times, you know, that's a dangerous, right? It's the world's oldest profession. Uh, and a lot of times it is very dangerous because you can't end up murdered, kidnapped, killed, you know, whatever happens beyond uh, whatever the, the original transaction was supposed to be. And I th- I think that's the case in a lot of these situations. And that sounds really like that, you know, or I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to read into it because, I, you know, I don't know those people. But, you know, a, a, a lot of men have, you know, different uh, sexual desires and you know, fantasies and things that, you know, turn them on, get their rocks off and then are ashamed of it. And so then they kill the person. I don't know. Maybe I'm off base, but that's just how I feel. It's just sad hearing that like she was killed, like a murder suicide. It just like made me think of how many probably don't even hear about it. I get tossed like on the side of the road or uh, anyway. Um, but um, yeah, so um this guy, uh, the executive director of the National Black Justice Coalition, uh, his name is David Johns. He he, he says uh, in a statement on on just like the deaths in general that um, black transgender women and girls experience the highest rates of violent death due to transphobia and misogyny. 
He says, what feels like acceptable normalized forms of violence has deep roots in the ways our communities have dehumanized for centuries. I messed that whole thing up. So I'm, I'm going back. Okay, so... Um, the executive director at the National Black Justice Coalition, uh, David J. Johns, kind of spoke on this epidemic, and he says that, uh, quote, black transgender women and girls experience the highest rates of violent death due to transphobia and misogyny. What feels like acceptable and normalized forms of violence has deep roots in the ways our communities have been dehumanized for centuries. We have to help people love themselves and love one another so they can hold space for every member of our beautifully diverse community, end quote. Uh, the, the National Black Justice Coalition um, reports that um, there were 52 known trans or binary persons uh, killed in 2020, which left us with an average of one violent death each week for the entire year of uh, 2020. And I'm sure, like I said before, I, I'm sure it's higher than that. Like, these are just the ones we know about, the reported ones, the people who haven't been disowned by their family, people who have actually looked for them or, uh, you know, like, uh, it's sad. Um, but, like, how do I end every episode? You know, love yourself and love others. <sighs> Uh, so moving into uh, politics, so we, we've been talking a lot over the past few weeks um, about some of the work we'd hope to see Biden do, especially with um, LGBTQ rights, you know, once he became president. And um, when he did, he uh, Biden did sign many executive orders as soon as he took office, which reversed some of the mayhem caused by the Trump uh, administration. One of those orders was in order to extend anti-discrimination protections to LGBTQ people. Um, I thought this was like, I don't know, this is like a little fun fact though, right? So despite obviously some of the negativity from conservatives, a recent poll found that 83% of the country approves of Biden's order to interpret federal bans on discrimination um, as already banning discrimination against LGBTQ people. And apparently that's more than any other executive order from Biden, um, you know, that that that, that poll asked about, because on his first day, he, what, he signed 17 executive orders. And uh, of those 17, apparently the uh, the order to uh, extend anti-discrimination protections to LGBTQ people saw the highest approval rating uh, of Americans. Uh, I don't know who they poll. And I think that's great. It, uh, it leaves room for optimism. Uh, but when I see, like, when I read some of these stories that we do talk about, uh, different headlines around the world, it just um, still makes me sad that for something to have such high approval ratings to still experience so much hate. But I do also know that negativity usually does have a louder resounding sound than positivity for whatever reason. And so, you know, 83% could be a very accurate number. And um, the, the haters are just louder than the than the supporters. Um, and, and just in case you aren't 
familiar with what I'm really speaking on in detail, uh, Biden's LGBTQ anti-discrimination executive order tells uh, the heads of all executive agencies to, quote, review all existing orders, regulations, guidance, documents, policies, programs or other agency actions, end quote, in order to ensure that they are interpreting bans on sex discrimination in federal law to also ban discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. Boom. Uh, so, uh, so jumping into some like some headline news, um, like I said, this is a quick episode, so I'm only going to tackle a few things that just stuck out to me um, over the last week. Uh, so in France, uh, two young lesbian activists um, say they were attacked, violently attacked, while they were holding pro-LGBTQ signs near an anti-LGBTQ demonstration. Uh, the women were protesting with a sign that said, quote, it takes more than heterosexuality to be a good parent, end quote. Until men wearing masks surrounded them and in turn uh, violently attacked them. And uh, now they are filing a criminal complaint, as they should. Uh, This was on the 19th of January, uh, like I said, in France, um, where the anti-LGBTQ organization Les Manifs Pour Tout, which um, stands for Protest for All, um, held demonstrations all over the country. Uh, in protest of a proposed law that could legalize fertility treatments for lesbian couples and single women. Uh, The ability for LGBTQ people to become parents is one of the most hotly contested uh, LGBT issues in France. Uh, And a few episodes ago, we mentioned this law proposal and said that we would keep our eye on it. Um, As far as I know, it's still a proposal, so I don't know if it's passed. But as you can see, it is causing a lot of tension uh, in that country as it really as that topic does here and and really all over the world uh let's see what else is happening in the land of lesbian ah so check this out parents are outraged yes outraged i did say outraged over an american girl doll's lesbian aunts outraged y'all so apparently the american girl doll brand has caused controversy by doing what anti-LGBTQ people find unthinkable. They have introduced a doll with LGBTQ you ready? Get close. Family members. Yep. Apparently there are family members in one of the girls the girl, the doll's uh, family. There are gay family members and it's a problem. The Mattel-owned uh, imprint created a backstory for its 2021 Girl of the Year doll, Kira Bailey, who is 10 years old and has visited her two married aunts in Australia. The same-sex couple also owns a wildlife sanctuary, uh, but it was their fictional relationship that had American Girl fans wildly upset. Uh, a TikTok by American Girl doll collector Rebecca Nachman, or Nachman uh, reviewed the controversy which grew quickly in combination with the fact that American Girl is publishing an anti-racism children's book featuring dolls of color. How, 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 like, sexual orientation and race always get intertwined, I don't know. But I do know the basis for their hatred is always, like, overlapping in terms of, like, why. And uh, I, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. 
and I also don't get because they're also people of color who act the same way as the people who aren't of color when it comes to like you know LGBTQ issues and I don't know that whole thing I just don't even want to talk about that part but anyway so back to the book so the book or right Kira it's called Kira Down Under and it accompanies Kira the doll uh, for the collectors right and so the book explains that once she visits her aunts who were married quote from the book this is from the book after the the law was changed to allow it, end quote, referring to the 2017 decision to legalize marriage equality in Australia, right? So the book is is describing, you know, hey, she's going to visit her her lesbian aunts on their on their sanctuary farm, and uh, you know, if you're wondering how are they married, it's because there was a law change some years ago, and now they are allowed to be married. Boom. Okay, now. The ants, uh, this is on Australia, if I didn't say that. So the ants, uh, Auntie Mammy, or Mamie, uh, and Auntie Lynette, look, sidebar, fuck the lesbians, I'm mad at Auntie Mammy. Anyway, so the ants, Auntie Mammy and Auntie Lynette are also featured in the first episode of Kira Bailey's Australian Adventures Stop Motion episode uh, on YouTube. And, um... On on the Amazon product page, the the reviews for the book are um well here here's one. This is a quote. Children are innocent. They shouldn't have to read about sex. End quote. Okay, are we ready? Cause I'm going in. In five, four, three, two, one. What the fuck are you talking about? Read about sex? I don't understand how that's sexual. If it was an aunt and an uncle, would we be talking about that as sexual? Like, I just, I knew this is what the argument would be. People are so conditioned to hate people that they don't even know what they're hating. How many children's books, stories, cartoons, Etc. Show father, mother, aunt, uncle, grandmother, grandfather. And when they do, they call it wholesome. When that same family is depicted, but there are, there happen to be two aunts, it's now sexual in nature. Like, what the fuck is that about? Teach your kids about love and relationships, just like you do the birds and the bees. This shit is no different. Seriously. And what is sexual about a married couple who owns an animal sanctuary? If it were an aunt and uncle, this wouldn't even be a conversation. If it's okay for you, it's okay for us. And like, what about the precious moments, kids? And like the love is love uh, comic strip that's been around forever. I mean, what were they like five-year-olds having a whole relationship? Of like ups and downs and love and being sad and whatever else. You know, all the things that entail into a relationship that would imply sex uh, based on your theory that anytime any relationship automatically equals a sexual conversation. But of course, you only think that it means that if it's a gay relationship. Because if your kids see a man and a woman, all of a sudden it's not about sex. Right? Like, how do you, how do you differentiate that? 
You know what I mean? Like that is crazy because that precious uh, moment stuff and like and then like whatever. But seriously, that stuff was like child pornography based on and I'm and I'm talking about in the vein of like how you you all call two lesbian who have a, a a freaking wild animal sanctuary, meaning they're saving the lives of the animals that you all would either be killing for fun or food or whatever. Um, and again, thou shalt not kill, but they're like, a, like, just, I, I just, I just don't get this. Like people are literally outraged about, about that, but not about two children Pretending to be in a sexually adult relationship. We see it in cartoons all the time. Kids have crushes on each other when they're little, right? And oh, it's so cute, right? That's sexual. Okay? If this is if this is the road we're going down, that's sexual. But you applaud that. It's so cute. You got to take a picture of that. That's on your social media. Okay? The kid is four years old. Holding hands. Kissing or whatever else. And yes, this does happen. And it's cute. It's nothing. You have two adults who are married, own a business, and have their their niece come visit them for a weekend. And all of a sudden, kids are being subjected to having to read about things that are sexual in nature. Like, are you kidding me? Like, seriously, stop it. Stop it. And here's another reason why. Or not another. Here, here, here's a reason why you need to stop that. So in uh, Osawaka, Oklahoma, a second grader got expelled from a Christian uh, school for telling another girl that she had a crush on her. Expelled, y'all. Not pulled aside and talked to. Although if this was a little boy who did it to a little girl, again, it would have been cute. Or just said, hey, you know, maybe not at school, okay, little Johnny. And then tell the mom, you know, Johnny, it's it's okay. It was in, completely innocent, but he has a crush on on Susie, and we just think it's not really the place to talk about that or or act on that here in school. So you know, we just wanted you all can have that conversation at home about you know what's appropriate and where and when, right? That would have been how you handled that. But but because she's a little girl who happens to have a crush on another little girl, which happens, and I'm speaking from experience because I have had that when I was very young. Having crushes on uh, girls who were my peers. Not doing anything, you know, but just the, the normal crush. However you feel. Just how little boys may feel it to a little girl. A little girl feels it to a little boy. Like, you see him playing on the playground, right? The little boy's, like, being mean to her. The little girl's, like, you know, chasing him all around and doing stuff. And we're like, oh, that's because she likes you. Oh, the, like, all that stuff is rooted in sex. It's sexual. It ends to a sexual relationship. That's where it's gonna lead to, right? And I'm speaking. I'm using all your, 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 uh, your logic, right? Because anytime we talk about love or relationship, it's it's a sexual nature, and that's the only part about it. There's no other aspects of the relationship. This is according to the general population when they speak on same-sex relationships, 
It's all about sex and literally nothing else. There's no actual commitment and bonding, true love. There, you know, none of that doesn't happen. There's, there's nothing wholesome about it in their, in their opinions. So she had to be expelled. Now, I just want to express for people who don't quite understand why things like things had to go to Supreme Court just to say on the basis of sex, yes, is included in the discrimination of anti LGBT of LGBTQ persons. Yes, because this is a clear example. And this was the logic that the Supreme Court used. If a man was married to a woman. Who did something that a woman who a man who's married to a man did, but the man married to a man got fired or reprimanded, but not the man married to a woman, then that's discrimination. Because what's good for one got to be good for the other. And what's bad for one has to be bad for the other. Period. That's how the world needs to be working at this point. And what I'm trying to say is that this is like the personification of why that case was so important and so historical. Uh, The Bostock versus Clayton County uh, case is what I'm referring to. Uh, Because this is a, a prime example you know, this is simply on the basis of sex. This little girl's being discriminated against. Because like I said, if she was a little boy who had said she had a crush on another little girl, it would have been cute and innocent. And even if they were upset about it, she wouldn't have been expelled or he would not have been expelled. Right? So y'all got to stop with this. Now the little girl, according to the mom, uh, she said her, her daughter is crying, saying, does God still love me? Because the school, this is the vice principal says to the, to the, uh, to the little girl, she sat her she sat her down and she says, uh, "The Bible says you can only marry a man and have children with a man." So the little girl goes home crying, like, "Oh, God doesn't love me," you know. And this is also a point I want to make that that was something in her, right? This this wasn't you know I'm not reading you all the whole story, but this isn't something that uh you know this was something that was in this little girl. She's seven years old. I'm assuming, right? Second grade. So she's between six and eight. And. Or I'm seven and eight or something. Either, either way, she's in second grade and she expressed having a, a, a crush on 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 a girl. And I can like I said, I can speak from experience at a young age. Having those feelings or, you know, the normal attraction that people have to each other. Um, and no one's no one has to tell you about it. Right. She's she, she has just she, she has a a mother and a father who she lives in the home with. She was at a Christian school. Right. So this this is just because that's who she is as a human being. That's who she was born as. That attraction in her is innate. She don't know nothing about it as in good, bad, uh, same sex, different sex, you know, gay, uh, burning hell, you know, none of that shit. All she knows is what she feels. And. It's just not okay. You know, the school says that, you know, it's a policy um, that they, you know, they don't condone, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend relationships or anything, but that it's not grounds for expulsion. And that was my point. This little girl's expelled for revealing a crush in the second grade. Y'all need to stop. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Oh. <sighs> I had to breathe after that one. Anyway, here's some instant karma feel-good news. Uh, A lesbian couple wanted to have another child, right? And so 
they actually ended up with way more than they expected because uh, Heather Langley and Priscilla Rodriguez have just welcomed home a set of quintuplet girls. Quintuplet. That's five. So these lesbians have five daughters. I love it. Uh, they are going to be very loved and very well taken care of. I just already know. They already joined, uh, or they joined their uh, their older sister Sawyer, uh, and they're very happy home. Yeah, I call it instant karma because it's just something the world needs right now. A slap in the face. Here are two married lesbians, parents of one daughter, who now just welcomed home quintuplets, meaning five more daughters. So these lesbians are going to raise six women for the future who will all be very different or similar, whatever, but some will be gay, some will not. Some will like to read and some won't because these are all personality traits that make them who they are based on their DNA and genetic makeup. And the fact that these lesbians are going to be the head of this household makes me so happy. And what makes me even happier is how special it is. Because Hadley, Reagan, Zariah, Zyla, and Jocelyn are only the second set of all-girl quintuplets ever recorded in American history. And their moms are lesbians. I don't want to say I told you so, but as I head into the entertainment news, there's one particular headline that has really caught my attention, and that is Elliot Page, who was formerly known as Ellen Page, files for divorce from their wife, Emma Portner. I was wondering, as soon as he came out as transgender, it made me immediately think about the relationship because I was like, you know, you know, a lot of things are private. So when they got together, maybe, you know, we didn't know Ellen was going to become Elliot, but maybe Elliot knew and maybe Emma knew. Right. So maybe for them, that was not, not an issue. It was like a complete non-issue in their relationship. Or maybe she didn't know. As in. Emma Portner, I'm speaking of, didn't know. Or maybe the problems are completely unrelated. But I do find it very interesting, and I want to hear more about uh, about this because I it makes me think, like, okay, so you're a lesbian, you're married to a woman, you know, you're with a woman, and then this woman now transitions into a man. Is this about the energy? Or just about the gender, you know what I mean? Like it's like I'm, I'm now not a lesbian, or now I'm not. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like I don't know, but I think it's a. Uh, I I don't know why I immediately I immediately thought about that though when I heard of the story because I was just like, it, it, are they gonna stay married or like what you know what is that like what's gonna happen with that? Uh, and in a partner when back when uh, Elliot announced the transgender uh, announcement to the 
to the public, you know, released a statement, you know, that I guess pretty much, you know, things were fine and, and things are private and, you know, they appreciate your the respect for their privacy and, you know, whatnot in so many words. Um, but yeah, so that's that. And it says like Elliot Page filed for divorce. So it wasn't, you know, Emma being like, I'm out, you know, uh, I don't know. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. They got married in 2018. Um, so, you know, not too long ago. I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, after, like I said, after after Elliot came out as transgender, you know, Emma Portner did, wrote in a post that she was proud of her husband. Um, so it lets me know that she was supportive, right? So I don't think that was an issue. You know, again, you know, also what people put out to us doesn't may not necessarily always be, you know, authentic. And I'm not saying that it wasn't in this case, but it just all makes me wonder. And, you know, not about like them, but just everything and, and, and just life. Like a, that's a, a very special situation uh to be in but like i said it, it may not even be related to that at all it could be like you never fucking pick up after yourself <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> that could be the the whole reason like i'm out because i cannot deal with your clutter <laughs> um anyway so yeah that's that news moving on to other uh entertainment news so uh last episode we mentioned how jojo uh s- s- was it Sawa? Uh, anyway, the uh, the one from uh, Dance Moms, right? And she, um, you know, like she came out. We we mentioned how like someone prank called the police, like saying that there was you know some violent issue or something happening at her at her place, and so they you know what they call swatting. And so anyway, the police show up, you know, expecting like some big to do thing happening have her and her family evacu- you know evacuate the house and make everybody come outside you know pulling out handcuffs and guns and you know all that all that stuff and and it really was just probably a member of the press trying to catch a a picture you know like like she said if you would just waited a moment i probably would have just come outside anyway um all that was in response to her coming out, right? So she came out uh, a week or so ago uh, via Instagram. And after that, you know, the press was going crazy. And she had this whole uh, police incident at her home. And now um, an anti-gay parent, as uh, on, you know, via social media, of course, told her, my daughter will never watch you again. I, I'm just like, it's just so hard just being who you are. All the girls said is that she isn't straight. Is she? I don't even think she like actually even. Well, she had a shirt on that's like best gay cousin ever, but she she said later like you know. She's she's getting to know herself and and not really wanting to put any label on her really at this moment. And she's like seventeen, and I think that's fine to to say and um, do and be. Uh, but, uh, you know, apparently, th- you know, not apparently, this is what it is. You know, people aren't happy about it. And, uh, uh yeah, so the, the, the user was, uh, at underscore key Maria, K 
K-E-E-M-A-R-I-A, in case you want to hit her up. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, she's like, my daughter will never watch you again. And she said, you know, via Twitter. And uh, I- I'm really proud of JoJo. I'm really proud of uh, JoJo Siwa's uh, remark back. Her response was simply, okay, exclamation point. Okay. Like, seriously. Because for every Lost fan, I guarantee you, she just gained like 30 or more. For real. So before I wrap up this episode, I want to uh, hit you with, uh, like I said, some uh, LGBTQ black history for uh, Black History Month. And, you know, we're posting things every day online and um, you can also find more on um, on our website. When I say posting, I meant like on Instagram and Twitter, sapphic underscore world. And of course, online at our website, sapphic dot world. Uh, but for this episode, I want to highlight Billie Holiday. I mentioned her uh, last episode, but I wanted to bring attention again because the Hulu documentary, uh, The United States versus Billie Holiday uh, will be releasing. And I think it's very important that you all see it. I hope you see it. Um, I hope you check out the podcast that I referenced as well. Um, and and maybe just learn more about her and this situation um, to understand what a lot of Black Americans have gone through in this country. Uh, again, simply for existing. And add to the fact that she was uh, a bisexual woman uh, just made things probably that much harder for her uh, so I'm going to leave you with a um, a quick uh, clip from last week where I spoke on the film and um, and then with the trailer uh, of uh, Billy Holiday versus the United States. Bisexual blues singer Billy Holiday was targeted by the FBI for singing her song "Strange Fruit." You see, they claimed it incited violence among black people. Now, I need this same energy present day for folks of the opposite color. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you listen to the story of this whole thing, like, anyway, the government, right, so, well, particularly a man named Henry Anslinger made it his personal mission to make her life a living hell. And a little while back, I was listening to this podcast, um, American Scandal, and they did an episode on this, uh, the United States first Billie Holiday, and it was actually really, really good. Uh, I saw, I would recommend it. All the episodes are actually pretty good. The MLK one, and um, there's some others. Anyway, so... When I saw that, you know, now that her story, or this particular part of her story is going to be told in a biopic directed by Lee Daniels, it was definitely uh, music to my ears. So uh, here's the trailer. So check this out. Don't you know who this is? She was thinking of something more special. I'm downright flashy, you know. Ladies and gentlemen. Miss Billie Holiday. 
reporters keep asking me, really, why you do the things you do? This is what I tell them. I love me. We love you. NAACP says Billie Holiday is the voice of our people. I think we should integrate the audience for this show. Let's change it up a little bit. You know, blacks and whites sitting together. You know what you're getting yourself into when you decide to come on the road. Get out my goddamn clothes. I'm going to take everything except your bra and your man. <laughs> Which one of my songs is your favorite song? Strange Fruit. Yeah, it's a song about important things, you know, things that are going on in the country. This holiday woman's causing a lot of people to think the wrong things. It's a starting gun for this so-called civil rights movement. Those lyrics provoke people. Y'all got a plan? She's a drug addict. Exactly. I cut strange fruit. I want to sing the damn song. It's for your own good, okay? I sing what the fuck I want. That stage. Bear strange fruit. They won't let me sing nowhere. No clubs, no money, no nothing. You gotta understand, baby. Right now, I'm in a situation. Look, you say we could beat this building? I need some now. Blood on the leaves. You're like a hammer. Come right back and it hit harder than before. She's singing it for all of us. Ain't no other Negro star bold enough to do it. Black body swinging. I'm being followed. I'm not gonna count in no fizz. In the southern breeze. She's made something of herself and you can't take it because she's strong, beautiful, and black. Strange fruit hanging from the Trees. You think I'm gonna stop singing that song? Your grandkids will be singing Strange Fruit. That concludes episode 23. Please be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at sapphic underscore world and online at sapphic.world. Thanks for listening. And as always, love yourself and love others. Until next time.